the Salted Carmel Podcast from Our Lady Mount Carmel Parish in Carmel, Indiana, where we talk about individual faith stories. I'm Jody Curtis, a parishioner, and with me is my talented co-host, David Cook, also the stewardship director at Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Who's our guest today, David? Our guest today is Rebecca Pies. Rebecca, how are you doing today? Great. How are you both? Good. Uh, I'm good. I don't know about Jody. I'm, I'm yeah. fantastic. You want to tell us about yourself? Tell us about, uh, tell our listeners, our many listeners, who you are, what you do. Sure. So, um, well, you already said my name, Rebecca Pies, and I grew up in Michigan, but the Lord moved me to Indiana shortly after I was married to my husband, Lewis. He and I have been married for 18 years, and we have four beautiful children, and just feel really blessed to be able to not only worship at Our Lady of Mount Carmel in such a fantastic community, but the Lord's gifted us just the joy to be able to serve there too, working in high school and young adult ministry together as a husband and wife team. So lots of joy in the Lord and the gift of all of that. I'd say that's pretty rare, though, too, right? To be yeah. able to serve together. It is rare. I, it's an, I, yeah, it's one of those things we stand in the in awe of the Lord over. It didn't start off that way. Like, it didn't start off that we were working full-time together at the parish, but from our, like, dating and engagement time and through marriage on, we were always serving the Lord together, and then the Lord just put pieces together to make this a possibility. That's awesome. Fantastic. Well, we're lucky to have both of you at our parish. Rebecca, do you remember a time in your life before Christ? Okay, so I was thinking about this, and I honestly don't remember a time in my life before Christ, but I will say that my mom came back to the church when I was about four years old. So I was baptized at four, um, and I do remember vaguely, remember my baptism vaguely. So I guess I would say there probably was a time in my life before Christ, but then even like after being baptized, even as a young girl, I just always remember like being fascinated with God, like hearing different things at church or through CCD, my mom telling me about God. And I just remember having a real curiosity about him. So would you say that you were pretty Catholic back then? Or was it kind of just going through the motions? Or what did this curiosity lead you to do? Yeah, so I would say that in some ways, I mean, my mom brought us to church consistently after she came back to the church. She was really good about, we never missed a Sunday and was such a witness in that. And my dad, although he didn't go to church with us, we prayed at home at dinner um, and my mom would pray with me before bed, but that was probably the extent of what I remember in terms of formation in the home. But that curiosity was there. But I think I had come to know God probably as I grew up as a child as more of like, I need to do the right thing so he'll be happy with me. And less about knowing who God was as somebody who loved me very deeply. And that because of that love, like my response became love. And so it wasn't until I was in junior high, my aunt, who's my godmother, had a couple of years before had a really deep conversion. And I would talk to her on the phone. She was like the cool aunt, you know, the aunt that like everyone wants to be around. Like she was that aunt for me. And so I would talk to her on the phone and she would talk to me about Jesus in a way that nobody, I didn't know that you could like actually talk to the Lord and that like the Lord could speak back to you. And I didn't, I just didn't know you could have this real relationship. And I was so intrigued as she would talk to me about him. So I would say that's where like a hunger in my life to want to know Jesus like that. 
And then do you remember it all? Did you have one concrete moment where you said yes to Jesus? Yeah, I think I have like one concrete moment I remember that began it all. And that was in junior high. I don't remember what had happened on this particular day in school, but it was one of those days that was a hard day. And there was a song in choir. And I remember it made me cry. So I did what every junior high girl does in seventh grade. When you are crying in class, you go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom and I climbed up on the sink, probably not very safe, but I climbed up on the sink and I remember sitting there and it was the first time in my life that I spoke from my heart to the Lord that I remember. And I said, Jesus, like, if you're real, then I need you and I want you and I, and I, you know, take my life and, and help me with these things that I'm moving through, you know? And then I can't say that it was like this earth shattering moment, but somewhere in that time period, my heart began to change where this zeal for the Lord and this real love for him came. It's like the Lord just responded to that prayer to the point that when I was in eighth grade, I remember I got called down to the principal's office because I was talking too much about Jesus. And um, yeah, and they called my parents because they said I was talking too much about the Lord. But I just remember all of my girlfriends talking about boyfriends and I didn't have a boyfriend, but I had Jesus and I was falling in love with him in this way that I just, I, I, all they wanted to do was talk about him. Yeah. So that was, that was huge. Can we guess that maybe you didn't go to a Catholic school? I didn't. I didn't go to a Catholic school, but I remember like even holding my rosary in eighth grade and like morning, the morning class and like passing it around to my girlfriends and saying like, I just, I feel like when I hold the rosary, like I'm just holding the hand of Jesus and like passing it around to them and being like, can't you just feel that? Like, can't you? so the Lord gave me a gift of zeal, I think early on for him. Sadly, a lot of people don't do that or talk about it because they feel isolated or like the black sheep. Did you ever feel that way growing up? Uh, yeah, I definitely think I felt alone and like misunderstood. And there was a real grace, though. That's the thing that I just can't get over. Because I remember my mom saying to me when I she talked to me because she got the phone call from the principal. I remember saying like, honey, like you got to be careful about like maybe not sharing so much because you might lose all your friends. And I remember wholeheartedly my response was, mom, I don't care if I lose all my friends. I have Jesus. Like what more could I want? I mean, it was like, this, I mean, a real grace and zeal. But I think as I went through onto high school, I did start to kind of get like that one foot in each camp because I didn't have a lot of people around me in terms of community that really helped me in formation. So I kind of had this like, gospel mentality of like, well, I love Jesus and it's okay. Like you can do whatever you want and I'm going to do whatever I want, but Jesus loves me no matter what. And so kind of this foggy area of what life was like with Christ. So it was still kind of, you know, it's a journey. It doesn't all happen at once. That's, that's amazing. Amazing story of zeal, but going through that past high school and stuff, at what point did you kind of get your, your formation you mentioned? Like at what point did you get your community and your, your strength? Yeah. So when I was a senior in high school, I went on an Antioch retreat, which is similar to the one that high school teens can attend at Our Lady Mount Carmel. And up until that time, I mean, I remember late at night journaling to the Lord, just begging God for one Christian friend, one person that could understand me and wanted Jesus as much as I did. And I had no idea what he was about to provide for me when I went on that Antioch retreat. I mean, I was blown away. I didn't know people my age could love Jesus like I loved him. I just didn't know they existed. I mean, I knew they could do it, but I didn't know where to find them. And so I went on this retreat and there were all of these people my age that loved Jesus so much. And then 
as time went on, I started to journey with this group of people after high school and um, into my college years. And we would go to adoration every Saturday night together and we would pray together and we would fellowship with one another and we would meet on Monday nights for a Bible study and we would meet on Thursday nights. And so it was just like, you just always wanted to be with each other and journey together the Lord. And it was through the example of these people that were living their lives so fully and were making this choice that they wanted to leave everything behind and follow the Lord. And that was for me, like this defining moment of, I want to give him everything. And I would say from there, I haven't looked back. I mean, I've certainly have had difficult times on this journey, but there's been a real grace and the community and the church has been a huge part of that, of like helping me along when I don't want anything else. I don't, I mean, the Lord has given me everything. How beautiful that that was such an empowering moment for you. And now you're on the other end of that, trying to support and encourage and uh, build build that for other students. So It's crazy beautiful. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of, over the amount, like this, the time since I was a senior in high school to now, how many Antioch retreats I've been on, I can't tell you, but there's never a moment on an Antioch retreat on Saturday night when I'm watching teens come up to the foot of the cross and pray and lay down their lives to the Lord that I'm not in awe of, Lord, I was that student and now I'm here. And, and just like the gift of, you know, who am I that I would get to journey with so many young people at this pivotal moment that was also a pivotal moment for me. it's all gift is there anything else in particular that has been impactful for you and your faith journey you know what one thing i would say that's been real significant is the gift that the lord has given me in marriage to lewis i remember on our wedding night i wrote him a letter and i signed it i love you my forever fellowship because I had such a hunger in life for community, somebody that would journey with me in the Lord and that would desire to know the Lord and love him like I did. And I knew in marrying him that even if the Lord moved us to Alaska and someplace really remote and we didn't have other community around us, I knew that he would continue on the journey with me um, until we make it to heaven. I was certain of that. Um, And that still is just proves to be such a gift of great significance. So. Rebecca, who has been a great faith influencer for you in your life? I can't necessarily think of one person, but I feel like through life, the Lord has used different people and like almost like the baton has been passed where the Lord puts significant people in your life. I think certainly my mom's perseverance to continue to take us to mass. I mentioned my aunt. When I grew in the Antioch community in Michigan, there were so many like young, faithful people, um, a lot of marriages of husband and wife that they were just so on fire for the Lord that were so significant. But I would say too that the Lord's gifted me to get to know a lot of saints. And in particular, um, St. Therese of Lisieux has been someone that I would say has really been formative for me, in particular her little way and the posture that she has before the Lord to be little before him and to let him do the big work. And I would say that is consistently how the Lord continues to refine me. Like I try to get so big and get ahead of him. And then constantly the Lord's like, hey, just come back here and be little and let me let me do the work. Um, so I'm really grateful for her influence in my life. Well, and I know you founded the Lasso Sorority at Our Lady. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that ministry? 
Yeah, that actually came out of the heart of Father Richard early on when Louis and I first moved to Our Lady Mount Carmel. He really wanted there to be a ministry that could be kind of a counterpart to what the Knights of Our Lady do and serve at Our, Our Lady Mount Carmel. And so actually Denise Lunsford and I initially met with a group of women and we studied um, John Paul II's letter to women to really ask, what does the Lord want of us as women and how can we tap into these unique gifts that belong to us, this feminine genius. And so after like nine weeks of studying this, little things started to come together and Lucy Sorority started in 2007. And there's been hundreds of girls that have gone through the program. And it's just been absolutely beautiful to watch young women grow closer to the Lord. We have four pillars, charity, honesty, purity, and simplicity. And I get to watch young women all the time fall deeper in love with Jesus and grow in virtue and support each other in a way that like something that I would have loved to have had in high school, the Lord gave me the gift to be able to help facilitate that now. And Rebecca, as you know very well at Our Lady, we like to say we're grateful no matter what. What is something that you're grateful for this week? You know what? I'm so grateful for my family this week. I'm, I'm grateful for my husband and my children. I was telling you that in this quarantine time, um, we've been back and forth between my parents have a home in Monticello and um, they're in Florida and we're trying to get some things ready for them to come. And so we've been splitting up kind of as a family and it's been beautiful to have some one-on-one -on -one time with our kids, but it's made my heart like just ever long to be back together as a family. And I'm just so appreciative of the gift of family and honestly, the community that the Lord has given me in my sweet little family um, to be able to pray the rosary together as a family, to pray the Divine Mercy Chapel together, to, to come together in prayer and to talk about our faith. And that's a common thing in our home. I love that. And I'm so, so grateful for that. Our name of our podcast is Salted Carmel and you are the salt of the earth. You know, we need to keep our saltiness. So the next question I want to ask you is how are you staying salty? How are you staying a good disciple? Everybody always snickers because it means different things, but we're trying to take it back. How are you staying salty? <laughs> I would say that there's four things, and it's interesting. I was thinking about these things today, and then I remember this acronym that we tell the youth, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what it is. So the acronym that we share with the youth a lot is, is PASS, Prayer, Accountability, Sacraments, and Study. And I would say those are the things that help me stay salty. I love being able to wake up in the morning with my cup of coffee and have that quiet time with the Lord. And then accountability, God has gifted me with a great group of friends that really do call me higher. And then... The sacraments, I mean, are huge, staying close to the Lord and the sacraments. I can't wait till we can get back to them, by the way, in study. I love being able to read different things from saints or to read different books that really challenge me in my faith. That's huge. Listening to different podcasts like this, um, also such a So, Rebecca, what would you like to, to share maybe from your own story to call our listeners to action this week? I think if I were just to call to action... On a Monday night in La Sue Sorority, um, the girls and I were just talking and sharing, and there was like this awareness of this unique time in our lives right now. I hope that when this actually airs that we're all out of quarantine, but this unique time that we are in quarantine, and I'm just really convinced that the Lord is allowing it because He desires so deeply for the hearts of his people to return to them with all their heart. And so one of my prayers has been like, God, I don't want to miss it. Like, I don't want to miss this opportunity. I, I want you to do what you want with me in this time. So I think if I were to give it a challenge, my challenge would be to be still, to have some quiet time with the Lord and to let him do the heavy lifting, let him do the work 
because I think like, even as we talk about my own journey, I think the theme in my life has been, he has done the work. He's heard the call of my heart and he's given me the desires of my heart, but he's done it. And so just to stay in that posture, like St. Therese, that littleness before him and let him do the big work in your life. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for joining us. And for both you, Rebecca, and all of our listeners, we encourage you to stay salty this week.